Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hi, Ashley. Hello, my friend. How are you? I am fantastic. How about yourself? I'm good. I feel like my Halloween vibes have lingered for today's recap. Yes, today's recap, in my personal opinion, belongs during this time of year mm-hmm. where it's like magical and, you know, magica, mystica, da 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 da. You're entering new worlds. I am talking about the school for good and evil. <laughs> this is a brand new movie available on Netflix. It's fantasy slash drama. It is two hours and 27 minutes long, rated PG-13. It was released October 19th this year. Here's a quick summary. Best friends. Sophie and Agatha find themselves on opposing sides of an epic battle when they're swept away into an enchanted school where aspiring heroes and villains are trained to protect the balance between good and evil. Cast, we have Sophia and Caruso as Sophie. We have Sophia Wiley as Agatha. She is from the high school musical, the musical series on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Charlize Theron as Lady Lasso. No introductions needed. Fabulous. Carrie Washington, Professor Dovey. Again, no introductions. <laughs> Kit Young as Raphael and Rian. We had the opportunity to meet him in our Shadow and Bone recap. Absolutely. Jasper. Mm-hmm. So super talented. I was so happy when I saw him in this movie. Jamie Flatters as Tedros. He is going to have a very big few years, Ashley. He's in not only Avatar 2, but three and four. So, oh, wow. He getting that James Cameron money. Come through checks. Okay. <laughs> Kate Blanchett as the historian. That was a happy surprise for me. I, I didn't honest, know that until, was her. I, until this moment, I had no idea either. <laughs> v. Lawrence Fishburne as schoolmaster. And we have the great. Michelle Yeoh as Professor, I believe it's Amani. Highly Profes- underutilized for her skill set, by the girl, way. <laughs> girl, girl. And this movie is directed by the wonderful Paul Fig. We know him from Bridesmaids, The Heat, and A Simple Favor. It's about to be a sequel to that too, which I'm super curious what they're going to do because the first one was quite interesting. I only watched it for Blake Lively to be in different suits because she was killing the game. Oh my gosh. Her, that whole like lead up with the press tour. Fabulous. Epic. Screenwriters, we have David Maggie and he's been a part of Life of Pi and he's going to be a part of the new live action Little Mermaid movie. This entire movie is based off of the best-selling books by... Solman Chiani, he sold over 3 million books. Hmm. This series, The School of Good and Evil, total of six books and a few novellas. So I'm going to have to read those. I'm going to have to read those. That part. Mm -hmm. Rotten Tomatoes gave this film 35% critics. Damn. 69% audience. 
and Google users gave this movie 82%. Ashley, what's your grade for The School of Good and Evil? Oh, it's an A for me, baby. I loved uh, this movie. I said last week, I watched this the day it was released, October 19th, as soon as I could, because I was highly anticipating this. You got two of my faves, Carrie Washington and Charlize Theron, and I love when Charlize is bad. Y'all don't understand. She's so amazing. Oh, oh. Bad. Oh, it's so much fun. Uh, this gave me everything I needed. Y'all know me and Delora love fantasy. We had so many different types of fantastical creatures and things to be found yes. in this universe. I love the idea of this beautiful friendship that was found in this uh, film. The wardrobe, the fashion. It gave me everything I needed. So it's an A. What about you? Ashley, this movie gets an A for sure, David. He was asking me, oh, how's the movie? I was like, you know, I love this whimsical shit. Like, yeah. I am here for all of Flat it. out, baby. And it was stairs that well. appear, Stairs that appear in the sky. Can we talk Come about Abacus dresses? Like, my heart. And apparently, with the sets and things, they built them. It wasn't a lot of CGI compared mm. to like Marvel movies and things like that. I learned that during an interview with Paul on the Kelly Clarkson show. That that was a really good interview. Netflix always got them budgets, don't they? Um, you know, for me, it was Sophie's wardrobe because you know I'm all about the black. So every dress she had, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we'll get into that, Ashley. <laughs> so if there is nothing else, spoiler alert. Ashley, we are introduced to this world with two brothers, one representing good, and that's Rian, and evil as Raphael. I loved how dramatic Kit was in these roles. It was very <laughs> distinctive, in my personal opinion, like him embodying good and evil. But for centuries, they were responsible for the balance and one day Raphael wanted more he tapped into blood magic which we talked a lot about lore recently in our recap of Hocus Pocus 2 we always know when blood magic comes into the picture stuff is going to hit the fan mm -hmm. at the end of this introduction only one brother survived it was the good one Rian based off what we saw Ashley what did you think about this epic intro, especially with it being twin brothers representing, again, this balance of good and evil? I think the twin thing made it hit hard, right? Because it's like it takes yes. a special person to kill their twin siblings. Yes. You looking at yourself when you got the dagger in your hand, you know what I mean? So I wasn't prepared. I thought we were going to start off a little bit slower. And then immediately after you guys have your little, it seemed like normal sparring, kind of a fun thing. Then it's like, oh, we about to fight to the death. What you don't know is I went ahead and unlocked this blood magic last night that I've been waiting for so I could kill you. Like that was, that was a little shocking to get us going, but it had seemed that good had prevailed. But what do we really expect from evil? That's a good question. I think in this case, it seemed like whatever they, whatever agreement they had come to had expired. So however long, they didn't give us an exact timeline, but he kept his evil in check for a little while. And then like fucking Voldemort, he said, it's time to do what I need to do. Now, one could say, why couldn't he just be more dominant because that was the thing it seemed yes. like he just wanted to run the show how he wanted to why did it have yes. to be death right that's a great point we have a flash forward to present day we meet Sophie and Agatha they are two unlikely best friends we have Sophie who is the quintessential dreamer she loves stories like Cinderella and happily ever after we have Agatha who has experienced trauma <laughs> unfortunately being teased by her community and essentially outcast but their friendship is what brought them together especially after the loss of Sophie's mom 
the young ladies go to the bookstore, which is giving me major bill vibes, but I digress. <laughs> and they find the seal of two swans, a black one and a white one. The store owner tells them about the school of good and evil. Sophie, who is living a Cinderella life herself, wanted out. She was like, if you can take me, there's a wishing tree. Let's go ahead and make my wish so I can get out of this bitch. But <laughs> Agatha was like, no, don't leave me. I want you, you know, we can duke this out together. Sophie was like, I'm good. <laughs> I've got to go. I've got to go spread my wings. By any means necessary. And the day had come on a blood moon. Sophie was like, I know I said I wasn't going to go, but Agatha was like, no, she was trying to stop her, but she was kind of like, if I'm already caught up, we might as well do this thing together, right? Whereas she doesn't see how desperate Sophie must be to leave town that she's willing to be dragged by a demonic creature. (laughs) The girls are swept away by this bird. They approach the school for good and evil. Sophie is dropped off at the school of evil and Agatha is dropped off at the school for good up until this point. The other thing that's worth mentioning is Sophie is small petite with blonde, beautiful, quote unquote, beautiful hair. We have Agatha who, you know, dresses like a boy, big, big hair used to not being the center of attention. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like how you said quote unquote, nice hair. Appreciate that. That's facts. You already know, Ashley. Mm -hmm. Ashley, were you surprised where the girls were dropped off? No, I absolutely knew this is how this is going to go down just because of how strongly Sophie felt about having princess hair and being destined for all of this. And I was like, oh, no, this is not going to go how you think it is. Now, whether or not at the time it was a mistake. I wasn't 100% sure, but I knew there was going to have to be a wrinkle in Sophie's plans. If you were swept off and dropped off, which school would you be dropped off? (laughs) So you're asking me if I'm a ever or a never. Correct. In my heart, I'm an ever. In my heart. I think I have a good heart, but my aesthetic is a never because I'm an all black, black, black type of chick so that's why I said some of these looks that my girl Sophie's gonna pull out oh yeah it's everything but I think there's something to be said for the idea of like no one is good just good and no one is just evil either it's not that black and white one of my favorite responses came from Carrie Washington she had an interview with DMA and she said that she's good with electives in evil My question to I love you that. is, what would be your electives in evil? Oh, sarcasm, <laughs> shade, <laughs> probably. I literally put petty revenge one-on-one. <laughs> it definitely wouldn't be ugly class. I'll tell you that for damn sure. So the girls are dropped off. They are confused on why they are not together, especially. Especially Sophie. She's like, look at me. I am supposed to be in the school for good. Agatha. Agatha's journey was an interesting one because when you are in an environment that tells you one thing and you find yourself adapting to what people have been telling you who you are, Mm. you are blinded by who you really are, right? In terms of through your actions, through your love and passions. And she's like, I don't belong here. She had huge, big black hair, boy aesthetic. One of my favorite parts was Professor Dovey introduction to Agatha. Her pulling out the different shades of pink saying, oh, you, I'm sure you hate pink, but we have watermelon. We have rose. We have- I see this one. I was like, oh, I, I'm a never. And for this, for this aspect, like the wardrobe, no ma'am, you're not putting me in none of these little frou-frou dresses. I'm not the one either. So I was feeling Agatha on that. But what was interesting is 
what struck me is temperament, right? The temperament between Charlize Theron's version of a head mistress and Kerry Washington's version of, like Kerry Washington's for the good school, but she got a little temper. She got a little flair about her. When I tell you, and that's one of my questions I have for you here is, did you notice the underbelly at the school for good yes it's it's superficial it is arrogant it is petty i mean there yes. were a lot of things going on with the dialogue between the students with the assumptions about always being the winner all this type of thing that was going on that to me being good and i mean i know we're going to get into it but even what they do to some of the students that wasn't good Far from it. It was the Cupid demon chasing after Agatha for me. Like, what are we doing? Something is amiss, for sure. In the introduction uh, between Professor Dovey and Agatha, we learn quickly that one doesn't measure their goodness just by looks. It's based off of their actions. And the magic that they possess follows emotion speaking of sophie's interaction with lady lasso i loved the fact that she was like oh it's not wrong i know exactly who you are (laughs) you know what i mean i don't care that you got the flowing hair of a princess she's like oh yeah sophie from gabaldon welcome your bedroom's over there (laughs) (laughs) her charlie's whole intro i loved this hairstyle she had when adored. she when she was adored. about to go up there to give her little spiel, she was like, "It's showtime." I was like, "I cannot, <laughs> I cannot deal with this." I love, love her. I love. I love. Give me more, Ashley. What What are your thoughts about these deans? They were both fabulous in their own right. I love the intros to them. I love kind of getting a feel for aesthetically what we're supposed to be taking away. Again, the stark contrast in colors, in mood, in environment. The fact that when you first get dropped into the school for evil, you're dropped into water. And you come in looking disheveled and crazy. And then you have these wolves as the guards. Whereas for the school of good, it looks beautiful, but looks can be deceiving because those fairies were quite vicious. Yes. And what's funny is I think they made the statement of like, aren't fairies usually nice? Only Tinkerbell. In a lot of versions of things, fairies are not nice. Exactly. They're manipulative, I'm so actually. Glad that you said that because again, <laughs> the court of Thorns of Roses play into that because in a lot of fairy lore, they're cunning. They like yeah, to they're manipulative trap you through yeah. your, their food and wine and yep. yeah. Yep. It's a lot of mind games when it comes to fairies. The other aspect about this school that's super fascinating and that I love is the fact that a lot of the students are children of famous fairy tale characters. So for the that school was fun. of evil, we have the son of Hook, we have the daughter of the old hag, and the prince of all princes on for the school of good is the son of freaking King author with Excalibur in tow Excalibur in tow I was actually quite fascinated that that was the king that was chosen you know what I mean out of all the fairy tale lore the one who gets the most play is definitely Prince Charming from Cinderella right but what's what is his name Doug that's a good question (laughs) I mean I know Eric I know some of the other ones but I have no idea what that man's name is but I think maybe the point is supposed to be King Arthur is has the warrior side to him as well that makes that more realistic to why he is the way he is. But I would have expected Captain Hook's child to be a little more serious. He was hilarious. The kid who played Captain oh, Hook's son, yes, freaking hilarious. The other reason why I love movies and shows like this is it's all about the retelling. So The Descendants, super popular on Disney Channel. We talked about this last week, Once Upon a Time, another retelling of the classic. So I just love, 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 love everything about this. So in this world, it's also worth noting that evil has not won in 200 years, Ashley. We find this out 
when Agatha was desperate to try to get to Sophie, she finds the two deans questioning the placement of the girls. My question for you, Ashley, is were you surprised that that this was a talking point that evil has not won? Like, when has evil truly won in any of <laughs> Well, I think maybe they're speaking more to whatever competition, which we didn't get a chance to see, happens at that school to make one the winner versus another. They didn't really elaborate on that. I kind of wish that had been the ending, but maybe they're saving that because it seems like this film is not the end of this saga, obviously. But I think the point is supposed to be, again, going back to the start with the twins, there's supposed to be a balance. And the fact that that balance is out of alignment, it just gives more credence to the idea that something is amiss. You see some things that seem off with the school of good. What's really going on here? Yes. Agatha, who is learning a lot, by the way, in her short time in this new (laughs) land, is visited by Raphael and he basically tells her to stay away from Sophie red flag major major red flag ashley agatha was able to get a hold of sophie and they were able to sneak into the school master's tower where they discussed their placement they were able to make a deal essentially saying one thing evil can never have and good cannot do without is true love's kiss and if Sophie is able to get an ever to fall in love with her, she would be able to switch schools and, you know, the girls would be together. I thought this true love's kiss element to the story was fascinating. The other thing that's also worth noting is the historian said, no kiss comes without a price. Is there magic in this kiss, Ashley? <laughs> I guess so, given we're in a magical world that creates all the fairy tales that have ever existed right I guess so but it was a little cheesy I was like "Uh, is there nothing else we could have thought of than for her to have to go on a quest to find a mom but I suppose so the girls go and take classes in their respective schools we have the beauty class which is beyond shallow yeah she was like, what, I get an F if I don't smile right? Like, but she legit got an F. She finds out quickly through through her friendship with Gregor that if you fail three times, you're out, essentially. And she's like, what do you mean out? You become a part of the school, whether through becoming an animal or I, the way they phrased it was like, you're still a part of the mission, but just... Not in your human form. (laughs) That's horrifying. That was one of the scariest parts of this entire film to me. The idea and the way that, you know, the Carrie Washington's character said it so casually as if it's just justifiable to turn children into creatures. It's quite mind-blowing, Ashley. Sophie in the School of Evil is in ugly class. (laughs) Their rationale is, why be ugly? Well, it's forcing you to use your intelligence. Is there any rhyme or reason to that? I mean, he made sense. Some of the things he said made sense, but I think he took it to another level. Not being vain and intentionally trying to make yourself ugly and not take care of yourself with him having a tooth fall out are two very, very different things. I think there was no balance between the two schools, right? no balance whatsoever i think you can still care about yourself take care of yourself and beauty whether good or evil is valuable in one of the classes gregor failed a third time and agatha was able to see that transformation and she was utterly utterly gutted by it rightfully so the princesses were at the wishing well speaking of shallow all the girls were pretty much wondering who their dates were for the Evers ball. Yep. And Agatha made her wish and said, I wish for a home for all of us. This part was such, it's actually one of my favorite moments in the whole movie, because I feel like you got a chance to understand the magnitude of Agatha's heart. Mm -hmm. Because as a viewer, even in my first time watching it, 
And I actually felt guilty after a while. I'm like, does she belong with the Evers? Should she be with the Nevers? But who said that she was ever a witch? That's what they said she was. She never mm-hmm. said she was a witch. And even if you you're a witch, I mean? maybe you're Glinda, a good witch. Why exactly. are witches necessarily villainous? And when she pulled her hand up and that little girl came out and said, after a hundred years of granty wishes, you were the only one to wish me free. I got teary eyed. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. And it was very confusing on how professor Dovey first took in the moment. Cause everyone was terrified. Right. Cause they were like this reader, because that's who Sophie and Agatha are. They're the outsiders who's given this chance to be a part of the school. Is messing up everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And when she told her that you are the first real princess in a long, long time, I'm getting teary-eyed thinking about it. I thought that was such a beautiful moment. But Professor Dovey... I'm I'm trying to give her grace to just think that maybe she's just been so ingrained in this world for so long. She's forgotten the fact that they could change these rules. That does not, yes. you don't have to do this to these kids. Yes, it's beautiful. She had such empathy, but where's your empathy? Yes. Where's the school's empathy? That's a great point, Ashley. A pivotal point happened in the school of evil as well. Sophie was getting her butt kicked by... Her classmate, Sis, had a whole entire dragon on her back. Mm-hmm. And she screamed for help, and a swarm of bees came in. And we find out that it is Raphael. I, again, look towards the Dean's reaction. So we have Lady Lasso, who is in utter shock and awe. And we see her leave the classroom and say, You've come back. I'm here for you, babe. I'm like, did you have a relationship with you? Like, what is going on here? When he said that he wanted Sophie, I was like, yeah, Sophie belongs over here. I (laughs) started making up my mind a little bit more in that regard. Because again, the way that she was so adamant about how she was better than everyone else. Mm. I'm like, I don't think an ever would ever do anything like that. Mm. I'm glad you said that because... I go back and forth with my feelings on Sophie. When I first watched it the first time, I was like, does Sophie belong with the Nevers? Just because Sophie had the mindset that she was more determined to leave her circumstance than Agatha. Like what made her supposedly belong with the Nevers? But that's a good point. Her selfishness started to become more and more apparent over time. Yes, yes. But one could say maybe that was the result of always feeling like she had to take care of herself as well, given her circumstances at home. So I wanted to give her a little bit of grace, but I did, I I teeter tottered on my feelings for Sophie a little bit. I'll I'll be honest. I, I, I felt for her sometimes. I hear you, but I think the way that she was willing to break her friendship with Agatha without telling her first at home i was like oh yeah she's selfish for sure lady lasso was trying to wake sophie up and say hey i know you're trying to get a new bay and everything but we need to stay focused because rafael is here and she chops off her beautiful blonde hair call back to us talking about curly sue hurtful the girl's plan was to write tetros and get him to pay attention to Sophie. But I knew right away that he was going to fall for Agatha. <laughs> it was a matter of time, Ashley. One of my favorite scenes happened on, I like to call it magic day, when they get their magic in their fingers. Mm-hmm. Did he trip her? Like, that was something I was trying to figure out. Like, was he just trying to excuse? <laughs> I don't know, but the chemistry was chemistry in. It really was. I think some of my favorite scenes throughout this entire movie is when the Nevers and Evers were in the auditorium and Professor Dovey said that the Evers will feel no pain, but the Nevers will definitely hurt. I thought that was actually quite funny. But what's worth mentioning outside of them actually gaining their powers is that Sophie got a bad bitch makeover. 
Oh, yeah. And in the process, she was able to get her click together of plastics and catch <laughs> the attention of Prince Charming. They are so convinced of their love and with the help of Agatha, especially when it came to shooting these freaking arrows, which did you know that she started feeling a little salty? I don't know if you picked that up. Yeah, she, you could see the look on her face. She was trying to not have feelings for that man. And he was like, of course I hit the bullseye. I have pure heart. I'm like, I love these, <laughs> these random tropes that are like dropped throughout the whole movie. The school is not here for a relationship between the Nevers and the Evers. This newly formed relationship is put to the test through trial by tell. During this trial by tell, they are literally in the forest at night and they have to find each other. Of course, Agatha could not not be in the mix and she saves Sophie. But my question to you, Ashley, is why didn't Sophie try to save the freaking prince like if he is your person your true love he is getting his butt handed to him and she literally just stood there that was frustrating to me even her response of but the prince is supposed to save the princess it was again to the point of this is where your selfishness has really taken over because when you see someone in distress I would think the normal human reaction would be to help them regardless of the circumstances. And if you supposedly care about this person, you would do everything you could to help them. So I agree with him when he dipped. I'm like, yeah, she ain't the one dog. She ain't the one. Not at all. I did think it was a little unfair for him to be as angry as he was to Agatha though, but I do understand his frustration by Well, because it it was, you weren't supposed to have anybody help you that was a clear stipulation so for him it was like oh so this wasn't ever what it was supposed to be and one would think as close as they are that Sophie knew exactly what was going on what Agatha planned to do even though she didn't but regardless her not helping was enough for me so it was absolutely enough and a turning point in my understanding of why she was placed in the school for evil in the first place I did grow concern over Agatha's actions when it came to her and Sophie. So there's two things, right? One, Agatha wanted to go home where Sophie was perfectly fine where she was. She just didn't want to be in the school for evil. But number two, I just felt like she was so selfless to where I'm like, girl, what are you doing for yourself? Yeah. It was a little concerning to me how much she wanted to stay with Sophie and be with Sophie for a minute I was like this isn't healthy it doesn't feel healthy because your friends do sometimes need to spread their wings and go on and live other lives and you can't be that reliant and dependent on your friend in that way to stop her from doing what she needed to do so I was a little concerned but I think it was just supposed to be like she's like family and I'm trying to take care of her and have her best interests at heart that's the way they portrayed it in the film at least Yes. There's a lot of themes throughout this movie, which are themes throughout the books. One of them is this pivotal line that Agatha tells Professor Dovey after getting in trouble (laughs) for the trial. She's like, I don't believe anyone is all good or all evil. It's more complicated. Mm -hmm. Also, in an interview, the author mentioned Being at a crossroads in his life, he mentioned that he went to school, but, you know, his career, his life wasn't where he wanted to be. And so he turned to this book with no expectations and obviously became wildly successful. But he was like, we're taught that if we do everything right, we're going to have our happily ever after. And he's like, that's not true. What do you think about this overall discussion of being all good or all bad? Well, I mentioned it earlier. I don't think there is anyone that is all good or all bad. I think there's nuance to it. I think there's, you know, shades of gray and all of that. And, you know, as human beings, if we're just speaking about human beings and not fantastical things for the sake of this recap, you know, our humanity dictates that we have a lot of nuance to us, right? There are morality and value systems and all that shift and change. So, I mean, I I don't think it's possible 
to be necessarily just all one or all the other unless you're a serial killer or something along those lines right like in those cases I, I don't really have any excuses for you so at this point in the movie Ashley were the deans doing a good job I think they were doing their best I think again there are circumstances that are beyond their control yeah <laughs> I'm reminded of there's an element of freestyling when it comes to ruling over so many students as they do for as long as they've been doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Well, one student in particular got out of hand and that's Miss Sophie. She went ahead and gave herself over to Rafal and the blood magic. Uh, so much so that he convinced her that by sacrificing her beauty, She'll gain more power. Sis looked like an old hag, literally. Ooh, that was a rough prosthetic that they put on Sophie. <laughs> rough. I yeah. was not expecting it. Again, it makes sense. It has been part of lore that we've seen in movies and TVs up until this point. But my question to you, Ashley, is would you rather be beautiful or powerful? Ooh. I guess it would depend on what the power is being attributed to. I don't need to be Winifred Sanderson from our Hocus Pocus 2 recap and get all the power from the Magicka Maxima spell. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think, I think either I need way. Context. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think either way is a slippery slope. So probably power, if I can wield that power for things that will ultimately be good and better for society. So I'm going to go ahead and give a little bit of a caveat because I'm reminded of House of Cards. And one of the famous lines that old dude said was, especially when he was talking about Remy, the great Mahershala Ali's character, he's like, yeah, he left power for money. He was like, no, always go for the power. Money will get there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so when I'm thinking about power and beauty, I kind of think of it in the same realm as maybe power I would, I would i would probably want to be powerful because to that point too it's a either one you could say can help you get to the other beauty is currency and power yes. is currency so yes. once you're powerful you can make yourself more beautiful we see it happen with celebrities and people with money all the time and then <laughs> beauty can be wielded because people are always Did seeking see it and desiring pictures? it of Jeff Bezos from the early 90s, 2000s? I didn't, but eh, we, it's, we've seen it all the time. I'm just saying. We've he could get a day today compared to what was going on back in the day. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Happens all the time. The Evers Ball is upon us. Sophie shows up and wrecked the place. She turned the, all the teachers into dolls using blood magic. Tetros with the worst timing of all timing declares his love to Agatha. This right here, when he declared his love in this rushed manner, I knew this wasn't going to be the focal point of the story, which we already knew it's given to us because we expect this level of romance in these stories. Cause I mean, it is a fairy tale, so to speak. What did you think about Tetra's timing of his love declaration to Agatha? What do I think about the timing? I'm, I wasn't really here for him. Like, I don't know how else to say it. I wasn't a no, big that's fan fair. of this. This is important. So the timing, I mean, I saw it coming, but it didn't move me. Because like I said, even before, I don't like, I feel like we've evolved a bit in our expectations of these type of stories yes. and fairy tales and things like that. And not always it needing to be about the love between you and a man and all of this. And that's a powerful story to be told to young girls. So I'm not, I wasn't particularly excited. I'll say that. You saying that is extremely valid and I agree, but what I will say is it doesn't help because the whole reason why Sophie is pissed off at Agatha is because, you know, Rafael shows her abbreviated answer of how Agatha felt about Sophie, her being evil. Do you trust that she's good? She said no. But then that's where the whole we're not all good. We're not all evil. We're complicated. But this is ultimately all over the man because Sophie felt like she failed her at the trial when we all know that Sophie failed herself at the trial and 
with Tetros declaring his love for Agatha, she's like, oh, you're my nemesis because you, you took my boo, my true love, my one out out of this school into the school of good where I quote unquote belong. I, I, I brought it up because I just like, it is a romantic element, which, you know, I love and adore. But then it's like, what is the message? Do we want Prince Charming or not? Nah? This dude is coming in between this friendship. Right. And he wasn't even that cute. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. I liked how sporty he was. I'll, I'll phrase it that way. Okay. <laughs> Sophie crashes the party. Again, we see what she's done to the deans. Tetros, because he's the leader, runs over to the evil side for an epic battle. One of the lessons that we learned early on in the film is that evil attacks and good defense. But in the heat of the moment, Tetros is not paying attention and he attacks the Nevers. I think this is kind of a weak point in the story because... Didn't Sophie technically attack first by turning all the teachers into dolls? One could say so, but I guess in this case, it's more so about physical violence, I guess is what they're saying about attacking and defending. And yeah, she may have, you know, changed their physical form, but she didn't violently attack them in some way. I guess maybe that's what they're trying to say. But it was also just supposed to be a fun little wrench to see all the evil turn white and all the good turn black and ugly and just have this battle royale. It was just a fun, supposed to be a fun scene. And it was a fun scene. I enjoyed it. I mean, they sold me when they were playing Toxic by Britney Spears. (laughs) Yeah. The battle continues. Agatha and Sophie make their way back to the schoolmaster's tower. We find out that... Rian is actually Rafal. It was Rafal after all. <laughs> saw that ish coming. I saw that a mile away. You know, I picked up on it easily. Yeah. Especially when he made his grand entrance on day one and said, we don't make any mistakes. <laughs> For me, it was just like, this all has seemed off. And I bet you the evil twin survived. <laughs> what did you think about his explanation of how good actually didn't win all these years by making it vain by making it you know shallow than what it used to mean i think that's a really good point in terms of again the manipulation and what he was doing behind the scenes how that supposedly affected the um dynamic i guess and the fairy tale characters that came as a result is uh, a good question but i feel like For all his power, he could have been a little more heavy handed. I guess he was just waiting on this great love to come before he showed all of his cards. Because one could say, I mean, with that blood magic, he could have done a lot worse. So he really could. But it was giving, you know, long game for sure. Yeah. And death by a thousand cuts. Exactly. To what we were talking about before, that undercurrent for the school of good was pretty blatant in some cases for fresh eyes. Mm -hmm. Us, you know, looking at the school through Agatha's experience. Ultimately, what he wants is the true love's kiss, which he gets from Sophie. And as a result everything starts crashing down. We also find out that the Storian was gifted to him and his brother and their goal was to keep good and evil at perfect balance. And they definitely did not do that. So the back and forth between Rafael and the girls was pretty epic because Sophie finally sacrificed herself for her friend. So much so that she was able to reverse what her kiss had done to their world. Tedros shows up with Excalibur. He is cornered and Agatha wields Excalibur and is able to defeat Rafal. I put in my notes here, Ashley, this was up there for me the same way Captain America was able to wield Thor's hammer at the end of it. Mm. Because not everybody is able to wield Excalibur. Yeah, true. I guess you have to have a specific mindset and heart to be able to do so. So it just gave more credence to, you know, her being great. What are your overall thoughts that true love between friendship? I loved it. 
reminds me of Frozen and some of the other more women-centric love stories that we've seen. Like I said, the narratives kind of shifted. I love this redemption angle for Sophie where it's like, wait, I didn't mean to do all of this. And then that ultimate sacrifice, which we've seen so many times, we talked about Constantine, that ultimate self-sacrifice that you give is the ultimate form of love and compassion and all those things. So it makes sense to me that that was able to kind of reverse the actions that were happening as well as give a new lease on Sophie's character. The girls are able to not only restore this world of good and evil, but open up a portal back to their hometown. Sophie, again, in the sacrificing mood, decides that it's okay if Agatha stays behind with her new boo. She would take care of her mom. Agatha is like, you're not going anywhere. We're in this together. And they go back home to Gavaldon. Would you have stayed or would you have gone? I would have gone. Back home. I would have gone. That's a no-brainer for me. Really? Absolutely. She never wanted to be there in the first place. So this boy that you've known for five minutes is going to be the reason that I stay in this world. No. Not just for the boy, but were they happy at home? I mean. (laughs) I mean, were they happy there? Touche. Touche. I would love to hear your your final thoughts on the school for good and evil. Like I said, man, I love this. I'm looking forward to the second installment to see what we can get into. I thought that these two girls for their kind of big screen debuts did fabulously. I looked both of them up. I yes. watched interviews with them. Yes. Love this for both of them. They're adorable. Yes. Um, Charlize and Carrie, y'all brought it like y'all always do. I appreciate y'all. And... This, like I said, just leads me to want to read the books, which I don't always say from projects, but I think I'm going to crack these open. So I need sequels. I need follow up. I thoroughly enjoyed watching this movie, especially my first watch. I just loved every nook and cranny of it. You know what I mean? Like what's going to happen next? I have no idea. Carrie Washington and Charlize Theron, perfection. Charlize in that wig her overall look was like everything Mm -hmm. and I love seeing Carrie Washington play this bubbly character with that right on the edge she was she was right on the edge definitely wait wait almost like Reese Witherspoon's character little fires everywhere (laughs) the Mm. the air of perfection but we all know underneath losing it yeah underneath I love these type of movies. As I mentioned before, I love this whimsical shit. I'm reminded of movies like Ella Enchanted, Penelope, Enchanted from 2007. We're about to have our Disenchanted sequel coming up. So I really enjoyed the tongue in cheek of it all. And I look forward to seeing more. I think they're, because this is based off of a novel, all the universal messaging was important. And I was able to see it clearly. The whole don't judge a book by its cover. Again, that universal conversation of balance, I thought was very important. But above all, it's okay to be human, right? <laughs> it's okay it's to be Above human. all to thyself <laughs> be true. Is that what the Shakespeare quote is? This above all to thine own self be true. Yes. And so with that being said, Ashley, time for Hidden Gems. All right. I got two. First one up, Reboot on Hulu. I had started the first episode a while back and decided to pick this back up. This is starring Keegan-Michael Key, Johnny Knoxville, Rachel Bloom, Judy Greer. Just a really fun, <laughs> really fun comedic uh, ensemble. The premise follows an early 2000s family sitcom that Hulu has rebooted in their dysfunctional cast that must deal with their unresolved issues in today's world. Eight half-hour episodes. I think I'm about halfway through, but it's, it's, an, it's an enjoyable series for sure guys that's reboot on hulu my second is girls night out it's a baby face album that just dropped first listen through and it is a vibe honey bringing all the r&b ladies out we got keelani ella may ari lennox queen nyjah tiana major nine etc the only ones missing for me are jasmine sullivan her and janae Iko. If he had given me those three, this album would be flawless. But overall, I love it so far. I need to give it that one really, really good 
long car ride listen and then I can give y'all my full thoughts but as of right now tis a vibe so those are my two hidden gems for this week Delora what about you I have two this week as well so the first is a brand new movie available on Hulu is called Roslyn. It's rated PG-13. It's about an hour and 36 minutes. It's a comedic retelling of Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet from the point of view of Romeo's jilted ex, Rosalind, the woman Romeo first claimed to love before he falls for Juliet. It was interesting again, premise for sure. Yes. Again, those movies i listed in my final thoughts it's that same vibe of like definitely modern language modern humor but it's well done i laughed it was it was adorable the lead her name is um caitlin dever mm-hmm. as Rosalyn. i can't Amazing. stop i can't stop seeing the young lady who played juliet as anything but dora the explorer as much as i want to that's she's all I see her too. As. She sings well. Mm-hmm. And she's so beautiful. She's, she's so beautiful. And when I saw Minnie Driver, I was like, I'm so, because Minnie Driver is in like half these type of movies that I adore. Mm-hmm. Again, Ella the Enchanted. And um, there was another one where I was like, oh, she's in that one too. I, for, I forgot. Anyway, I love Minnie Driver. Highly recommend. A lot of fun. And Dario is cute. He's cute. Um, since we're talking about King Arthur, I want to talk about, again, same genre, fantasy. This movie came out several years ago, 2017. King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. It is starring Charlie Hannum and Jude Law. Uh, Eric Banner is also up in there. If you want to see Tetro's daddy, <laughs> a version of his daddy, this was a lot of fun. This movie was directed by Guy Ritchie. So have fun, kids. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this recap for the School in good, of Good and Evil. We will be back with our quick headlines and hot topics. As always, Delora, thank you so much. This was so much fun talking about a fantasy series on the end of our Halloween tributes. Thank you, Ashley. This was a lot of fun. And I can't wait for next week. Absolutely, guys. In the meantime, we'll see you. Be blessed. Bye.